Living the Principles. This podcast is hosted by Latricia Smith and Phyllis G. Williams. Living the Principles seeks to expand mindsets, express beliefs, and edify excellence in hopes of building a stronger Black community. Welcome to Living the Principles. Welcome. I am Latricia, and with me is my co-host, Phyllis. Hey, Phyllis. Hello, Latricia, and hello, Difference Makers. Today, I would like to start out our theme introduction, our main course, with a song. Say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. Say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. James Brown recorded this in 1969, but this was our first initiation of Black Pride. So today we're going to talk about being unapologetically Black. What does it look like in 2019? What are some issues that come with it? And why is there an issue with it? Latricia, I believe many people look at both of us, in some essence, as extremists, just because we have a podcast focusing on Black issues. We may ask to support Black businesses. What does it mean to be unapologetically Black to you? To me, being unapologetically Black means owning who you are. And it also means to me to stop trying to assimilate. Assimilation Mm -hmm. is not required. I think that being black and loving black, regardless of what other people say or think, is being unapologetically black. How does it look to be unapologetically black? How does it sound? Well, part of it, like you said, is having this podcast. I think a couple of people have asked that question. Why does the podcast have to be about black people? When people ask that question, it it makes me think. Why shouldn't it be about black people? I'm proud of my blackness. I'm proud of the blackness of other people of color. So why not celebrate it? That's what we're doing. In essence, we're celebrating our blackness. And in the famous words of John Lewis, if not us, then who? Mm. Who else celebrates us? Mm. That's so true. So... Our podcast is unapologetically black. What does it look like if we're out and about at our workplace, at church, or just in the public? How does it look to be unapologetically black? First, I believe that all blackness is different. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't look the same for every person. Some people, their unapologetic blackness is being turned up. Mm-hmm. Some people, their unapologetic blackness is pan-African or black nationalism, power to the people. It just looks different for different people. For some people, it doesn't exclude others. Mm-hmm. Yet for other people, it excludes some. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I recently read an article or saw an article on Facebook of this young lady who broke a record a track record. I believe she's a teenager or early adult. She 
had long fingernails, a blonde weave, and long artificial eyelashes. I was happy of the way she represented herself because she didn't mute how she felt or her display didn't mute how she felt in order to assimilate, in order to say, well, I want to make sure others don't think I'm ghetto. So as you were speaking, I thought about her and I thought about there are people that are very Afrocentric in their dress. So it does look differently and it's okay. Overall for me, it means having your chin up saying, this is who I am, including my blackness, love it or hate it. You can be a gothic person and be unapologetically black. So I agree with you. It doesn't have a particular look, but to me, it has a particular feel. Yes, I think you're right. I think it does have a particular feel. And I think there is an essence that comes along with it. Like you were saying about the track runner, when you said that, what popped in my mind was Serena and Venus Williams back in the day when they were young tennis players and they used to have their hair in cornrows and they had all the beads in their hair. And it was always a topic of conversation for people. To me, that was them or their parents helping them to Mm -hmm. be unapologetically Mm -hmm. black. It was already something that these two black girls were out here playing tennis, but Mm -hmm. two black girls from Compton, CA, with braids and beads in their hair, that was totally raw. Mm -hmm. That, to me, shows an element of that unapologetic blackness. And it gives others courage to be themselves as well. I was in high school when Venus and Serena were playing tennis. My cousin, Shamika, and I one day wore beads in our hair. She had yellow beads. I had orange beads. And I didn't look at it at that time as being unapologetically black. But now that you've said that, it is. This is who I am. And I celebrate it. Yeah, because it's one thing when you're that way in your black neighborhood and your black family and your black community. But it's another thing when you're that way out in mainstream America. That's what makes me so proud of so many black women nowadays who are going back to their natural hair. Mm -hmm. They're not allowing the stereotypes to get in their way. They are embracing their natural beauty, their natural hair, regardless of the texture. I think that's another element of being unapologetically Black. I think it takes a level of courage Mm. to be unapologetically Black. It's not just, and I know I say this all the time, seems like on every episode I'm saying, it's not just white people. There are Mm -hmm. Black people as well Mm -hmm. who have something negative to say about people when they are being their Black self, just owning their Blackness. You're absolutely correct. I've been Afrocentric for a while, but I may one year go through this dashiki phase. One year I may start wearing turbans or ties. And I've always marched to the beat of my own drum. But in the back of my head, I was nervous about how others perceive me. I recall one of my co-workers saying, oh, Phyllis, I love your dress. I was like, oh, thank you. She says, yeah, you're very um, Afrocentric, huh? And then she started laughing. And of course, it was somebody that looked like me. So it does take courage to say, this is who I am, like it or leave it. What about you, Latricia? Have you had any experiences where you felt, I wouldn't say attacked, but uncomfortable 
by others' actions because of your pro-blackness, whether it be the words you say, the music you listen to, or how you dress? I think one of the most negative experiences that I had was when I used to host this event called Black Marriage Day, and I used to get so much feedback from people Why does it have to be Black Marriage Day? Why can't it be for everybody? I want to say just because something has the name Black on it doesn't mean that it's exclusively Black. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where people become uncomfortable. As a Black person, you, I, and most every other Black person that I know, we have had to maneuver in the white world our whole lives. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to other people maneuvering in this world of blackness, they become uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But no one thought of my comfortability Mm. as I was growing up, as I have lived in this country maneuvering through the white world, being Mm. the only black person here or Mm -hmm. the first black person there or one of three black people here. Nobody is worrying about making me Mm. comfortable. So why do we always have to look at making other people comfortable? Wow. I was speaking to a friend earlier before we started recording and she was like, what are you guys going to talk about today? So I told her. And one issue we discussed was what you just said, maneuvering. We are not catered to. I've been to places and it may be talking about unequal pay. Well, yeah, there's unequal pay for women. But that margin is larger for black women. And I just feel a lot of times left out. So we talked about what does it mean to be unapologetically black, our own experiences. We both talked about some difficult experiences. Why? Why do you think there's so much strife about being unapologetically black? I think there are a couple of things that bring about this strife. I think one is fear. There are people who are afraid because of so many stereotypes associated with black people. They're afraid that if we display our blackness, that it's going to shake up the status quo and people are going to be nervous. People like to keep the status quo at a tame level. Let's not wake the giant kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I think that's part of it. I think the other part of it is is division. We live in this climate now where there's so much division that people think, well, why are you trying to be separate? Why can't we just all be together and get along? And it's just a misunderstanding. It's not division. We're not trying to be separated. So many people think that when you are about one thing, that that means you have to dismiss something else. I like strawberry ice cream, but that doesn't mean that I hate chocolate ice cream. It doesn't mean I won't eat chocolate ice cream. It doesn't mean I won't eat vanilla ice cream or Rocky Road or any other ice cream. It's just that this is my preference. And if people saw it that way, instead of seeing it as it's some type of division, then there would be less strife around it. I think one reason there's a lot of strife behind is because you touched on it earlier. It's misunderstood. It's misunderstood as being exclusive or non-inclusive. It's misunderstood as being aggressive. You can say you're having an event for black women. People automatically think it's going to be anti some other group of people. So I believe one reason there's so much strife for being unapologetically black is because it's misunderstood as anti or aggressive. 
Another reason I believe that being unapologetically black causes so much strife is inner hate, (laughs) self-hate. I believe when we are asked to define blackness, there's a lot of negative traits that's already associated with it. It's aggressive. It's ghetto. It's not intelligent that we already put these adjectives on it just because it's blackness. So I believe there's a form of self-hate or a negative perception of what it means to be black. And one thing I like to reference pretty often is the racial identity model. So I'm just not spouting my own opinion. It's also a theory that the racial identity model for black people is first assimilation. And with this racial identity model, some people do not advance to the final stage which is acceptance for all people. There's a stage where you assimilate. There's a stage when you're angry. I believe that's what stage the extremists get stuck on. Then there's a stage where you start to be concerned about other groups, about LGBT, about Muslims, about Jews. And the final stage, you want justice for all people and you want unity. So I believe some people that are stuck on a negative perception of black people, I try to look at it as they're also stuck on the first step of racial identity model. That brings about another point, too. When you're talking about being unapologetically Black and loving Black people, when you get to that place of acceptance for all people, it's impossible to get to that place of acceptance for all people if you haven't gotten to that place of Mm self-acceptance. So we have to accept ourselves. That's why I was saying earlier that all blackness is not the same. And if Mm -hmm. you're not accepting other people who are black, who represent differently than you do, how can Mm -hmm. you accept other races, ethnicities, and cultures? Mm -hmm. That's so true. I was having a conversation with someone recently about the murders of all of these black transgender women and they didn't feel as strongly about the deaths of these women as they feel about police brutality against black men or Mm. kidnapping of black children or missing black girls it was different because Mm -hmm. these women were transgender And if we can't get to the point of loving everybody as they are, Mm -hmm. then how can we elevate to loving everyone in the entire world or accepting? That's so true. And I'm glad that one of our key values is diversity. We stated when we first began this podcast that we not only want to talk to black people that have our same viewpoints, but we want to expand to black Republicans people of different faith and those type of differences. So I definitely agree. We have to care about the entire diaspora of cultures and beliefs as well. Right. Latricia, why do you think it's important to be unapologetically black? It's important to be unapologetically black because again, to me, being unapologetically black is owning who you are, is being your true authentic self. And if we're not our true and authentic selves, then we're putting on masks. We're hiding. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. 
to me, that takes a lot of work. Can you imagine being an actor? I was watching an interview with an actor and they were talking about how the things that they have to do to get into character, they have to Uh go through so much to get into this character. And by the time they're done getting into this character and they're playing this role and it's all over, they're exhausted from this role. And to me, that's what it's like when you're not being your true self. You're playing these different roles, you're acting, and it just seems like it would be too much or trying to appease the status quo or your parents or whoever it is who doesn't have that black pride or who has that self-hatred or a different race who may feel threatened by your blackness. Mm-hmm. And I was recently on vacation in Alabama and I for the first time stayed at an Airbnb and the neighborhood was mostly white people, older white people. And I realized something while I was there that I am still developing as a person, but it's still developing in my culture as well, because I was listening to rap music and I was like, I'm not turning this down. It's not disturbing anybody. But I remember in the past, I would have said, oh, let me turn this down a little bit so they won't think I'm an aggressive black woman or that they won't call the popos on me. And I was thinking if I was listening to blues or country music or pop, I wouldn't have even thought about turning the music down in the past. But this time I was just like, you finna get some of this 21 Savage. I believe as we continue to be our authentic black selves, it also breaks down the barriers for others' view of us. Yes, Phyllis may listen to rap music, but that doesn't take away from her intelligence, her politeness, her kindness. So I believe even by us being unapologetically black as ourselves, it also destroys the stereotypes of what it means to be black. Right. When you were saying that about being in that community and listening to your rap music, it made me think about comedians who go on stage and they have audiences filled with white people they don't change how they do their comedy they still say the Mm n-word they still crack jokes about white people they still crack jokes about black people Mm -hmm. if those people are uncomfortable then that's on them and i think that's what we have to come to this point where if somebody is uncomfortable because of something that I am doing, what is it about them? That's one of those things where it's time to do some introspection because I haven't done anything. I'm just existing in this space as this Mm -hmm. human being that Mm -hmm. I am. I think it's time out for us to hold ourselves responsible for how someone else is going to receive or perceive us. Mm -hmm. If we're just being ourselves and we're not doing anything criminal, anything harmful to others, then why are you bothered by it? Mm -hmm. Like this podcast. We love black people. We want to see black people excel in this world. And if we have information to offer, we want to give it to them. Other Mm -hmm. people can benefit from this podcast. You don't have to be black to listen to it. You Mm -hmm. can learn something from this podcast, regardless of your racial makeup. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know what else I think being unapologetically black influences? It influences the youth as well to not assimilate. I believe it gives them courage to say, I can't think of anyone immediately or 
that's a newer artist, but when I was growing up, we had Erica Badu. There's Jill Scott and NDRE. It seemed as if it gave me permission to display those same character traits because I saw what they presented and I loved it. So I hope people continue to be themselves. Be your best self. Don't just be yourself. Be your best self because some people try to, well, it's just who I am. So while being unapologetically black, I hope that's what comes out of somebody being unapologetically black, especially to the youth. Yeah. You don't have to wear a badge or a t-shirt saying, I'm unapologetically black. See me roar. It's just being who you are. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. just as simple as that. Mm -hmm. And not shrinking, asking yourself, well, if I do turn down this radio, am I turning it down out of fear of others' perception? Or am I turning it down just because I don't want to disrespect older people? So I think we have to question why we are doing something. I have to tell this story really quickly. I was one of two black teachers at a school a few years ago. I had natural hair. My hair was long at that time. It's short now, but it was very long down my back. And sometimes I would wear it in twist or I may wear it with a braided style. I remember being in the lunchroom and this lady came in there and she was talking about her daughter's experience. And she was saying things like, Oh, I just can't stand it when people have the afros and the braids and the twists. And I just sat there like, this is awkward. So I ended up leaving. And this other teacher, who was also white, came and she said, Phyllis, I talked to her. That was very rude. But a few weeks later, I permed my hair. And I believe in my mind, I rationalized it that I, I permed it so it could be easier on me. But I believe that that person's words sunk into me. And I started to feel, I had heard this many times about my natural hair. I think I started to feel apologetic about who I am naturally. So if you do something, question, why are you really doing it? So Latricia, we've had some discussions about unapologetically black Does that bring a principal challenge to your mind? Principal challenge. Live them out. The principal challenge for today is to own who you are. And if you make any changes, question why you're making those changes. Now, open your mind, hearts, and ears for our next section. Spread the good news. Not rumors. Not rubbish. Living the principles. We spread the good news. We discuss some subgroups in the black community. One in particular was the LGBT plus community. The rapper Little Nas X, who has the hit Old Town Road, recently announced that he was in the LGBT community. It was mixed with some praises as well as some voices of disgust. But we want to make sure that we honor every person in the black community. We salute you, Little Nas X, for representing who you truly are. The second person in Spread the Good News is Jordan Peele. He was recently recorded in an interview saying he only wants to hire black leads. It wasn't met with much criticism because his reasoning was, How often is the industry only looking for black leads? 
he has this platform as a director, so he will hire only black leads, period. Unapologetically black, Jordan Peele. Our last person is an artist. Harmonica Rosales is an Afro-Cuban. She painted her interpretation of the creation of Adam. This painting is very famous. The creation of Adam is very famous. It is of God stretching out his hand to someone with angels in the background. It was painted by Michelangelo. She recreated this painting with a black woman as God with black angels reaching out to another black woman. She did this for the sake of representation. So, Armonica Rosales, we salute you for being unapologetically black. Latricia, we've given them a main course. We spread the good news. You've given them a challenge. Let's end our segment with a soul snack. Our soul snack for today is from a Senegalese proverb, and it says, The chameleon changes color to match the earth. The earth doesn't change colors to match the chameleon. Great job. Be yourself. Well, that's our show for today. Until next time, expand your minds and impact your communities. Thanks for listening to Living the Principles Podcast. Be sure to visit us at livingtheprinciples365.com to access the show and join in on the conversations.